Yo, it's your girl, DJ Narc. What's going on? I am not prepared for this. I have some coffee here that I'm drinking. I have half a joint, not even a whole joint. I don't know where my lighter is, and I certainly don't have a fucking ashtray. But Kobe Bryant just died. And for the past four weeks, I think I've watched the Aaron Hernandez special documentary, pornographic material, whatever you want to call it, uh, probably about 50 million times. So maybe it's time to do a podcast. Also got into a really, really, really knockdown, big ass drag out fight with my significant other, which I feel I'm completely in the right about. So I'm in a mood. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the fun thing about not dating people is that you never get this worked up. The fun thing about dating people is that you get this worked up. Like I'm really fucking mad. <clears throat> so drink something. <laughs> you want to talk about time travel? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? I'm not yelling at you. I am yelling at you, and I don't even mean to yell at you. I'm fucking pissed. What the fuck is going on? Is that how we all collectively feel? What the fuck is going on? Like, what in the actual fuck is going on? The cartoons depicting him dying in a helicopter crash, the fucking Jay Z shit with him walking around with the fucking t shirt with his old fucking face on it from X amount of years later. Like, it's one thing for there to be synchronicities. It's another thing to be throwing this shit in our faces, like making us feel like fucking assholes, like we're in a fucking fishbowl. Like, now this shit is starting to get on my nerves. Like, it's not a joke. The Simpsons get on my motherfucking nerves. They do. Matt Groening gets on my motherfucking nerves. He does. Because he's a fucking racist, first of all. And obviously, obviously not from here. So of all the things that you could do if you weren't from here and you had seen the future, of all the things that you could do, you decided to come up with an idiotic racist cartoon TV show. Just so you could be that guy. That fucking snide, gross-looking, disgusting, I-know-something-that-you-guys-don't-know-and-I'm-in-a-toy-with-you-about-it guy. Yeah, you didn't think that's where I was going with this, did you? But fuck that guy. Fuck Matt Groening. Fuck The Simpsons. All this shit bothers me. Honestly, drink something. <sighs> Yo, I'm so fucking mad. No, 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 no. You don't understand. <laughs> I'm not the kind of mad that you're like, no, I'm like the kind of mad that I'll be mad for years. Like, no, like, regardless of what happens, I'm going to hold on to this for years. Years. I'm not going to let it go. I'm not. I'm not. And I don't give a fuck. <sighs> What's Umber talking about? Never mind. Listen. Yeah, I am pissed. I don't like being treated like a fucking child by this ridiculous, like, time travel bullshit. Like, just tell us then. But you can't have Homer write the equation for the fucking God particle, the odds of which are, what, billions and billions to one, that somehow, in his complete lack of any sort of, like, astrophysics knowledge, he, he wrote that equation. He just, he just randomly strung a bunch of letters and words together and had Homer write it on the board. And it just happened to be when discovered the exact equation for the God particle that we had been searching for forever. See, that doesn't make me go, ooh, ah. That makes me want to punch him in the face for being such a snide fuck. First of all, if you had the God particle, why didn't you tell us? Asshole. Asshole. Two, of all the things that you could be helping us with, you decide to make this ridiculous fucking cartoon instead? Of all the good you could... 
you know what? I don't want to be that person, but I'm going to be that person. What in the whiteness? What in the fucking whiteness? What in the fucking whiteness is Matt Groening doing? Somebody needs to punch him in the face. Somebody needs to grab him and like get the truth out of him. I I I I want I want to do something. <laughs> I want I want to talk to him. <laughs> I'm so irritated. The the Kobe crash the helicopter thing is the same type of shit. It's very irritating. Like, it's bad and... <sighs> the Trump thing, the Kobe thing, it... The, the the Simpsons thing, that you know, McAfee's now saying that 100% that Matt Groening is a time traveler because there's something like 46 to 52 different instances within the Simpsons where whatever it is that happens later is completely spelled out exactly um, in detail, like the God particle equation, exactly right. So according to McAfee of McAfee antivirus software, who's he's hella fucking woke. Um, there's there's no other there's no other logical conclusion to be reached. I mean, once he put that God particle on the board, it was over because there's just no fucking way. He already knew it. He comes from a time when that particular equation is probably not even very difficult. It's probably like, you know, referenced in you know children's math books. And if you really look at it, wherever he's from, you know, he's laughing at us because he's portraying these kind of potato head, brainless, mindless, ego driven, pleasure driven uh, little animals, little beings. And the entire perspective of the show is just to, you know, meanly kind of laugh at them. The, the entire show is a kind of just at them, not with them. And so the more you look at it, the more it really does seem like someone, you know, sticking their nose in a Petri dish and laughing about it. At the little insects running around in there. And and that's the perspective that the narrative of The Simpsons takes. And even, you know, even the 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 guts to put something like the God particle on the board. Even the, it's, it's so brazen, you know, like, fuck you. That aspect of it is very, um, insulting. Like, who the fuck do you think? And, and, and why, like, and I'm not even trying to be petty. Why hasn't the government questioned him? Why hasn't the NSA questioned him? Why hasn't whatever arm of the CIA that deals with this kind of stuff, why haven't they questioned him? Why hasn't anyone asked him? Just on the just on the strength of that one thing, if Swiss scientists are telling you that there's no fucking way in hell that that cartoonist came up with the equation that they've been looking for for 70 years, shouldn't that be enough for you to pick his ass up and ask him what the fuck he's been up to? Because it's obvious now. Like, just think about that. You now live in a world where you have actual proof of time travel. You see Jay-Z's t-shirt? Just picture it for your for your for just picture it for me in your mind for a second. Please smoke something. For me. Smoke for me. Maybe I'll get your contact high along with my own. You know what's so funny? I was thinking I was thinking to tell Carolina a few weeks ago. 
that the next time we went down to Costa Mesa um, and to Orange County that we should take a helicopter back to Los Angeles instead of driving because the traffic is so bad. And I'm very, very glad I did not say that to her a couple of days ago, although I was thinking it and was planning it, actually. I'm just, there's this, uh, you know, the TV's on mute. The fact that I have the TV really has to stop. I feel like throwing this thing out the window. Um, But all they're doing is showing highlights. It's so weird, right? When you think about the way that we're taught to live. There's all these steps we have to take and all these things we have to do. And then there's this big finish line, you know, and then you cross it and then life is just exactly the way you always wanted it to be. And this man put it all into that ideology. That was, that was his, that's what he believed. And it's so unnerving, terrifying to see someone live so rigidly by that ideal and be able to really work the simulation and get exactly that, exactly what they wanted from it. Work hard, earn hard, you know, get the recognition because of the work that's being put in, become an example, um, aside from that whole rape thing. We'll talk about that. But it's unnerving, it's disconcerting, it's terrifying to, to see, to think even, but to see someone do it exactly right, exactly the way we're told we've got to do it. And all those years that he was doing it exactly right, to not know that once he crossed the finish line and all the confetti fell and like, you know, like Doc Rivers said, he was the happiest he'd ever seen him in his life. Happiest ever. Right when you get to that finish line where you're supposed to be able to enjoy. And you know what bugs me out? And I hate to be, I hate to take you to this place. But I swear to God, it's the thing that really bothers me. Because, I mean, Kobe Bryant, like, God rest his soul, you know? Incredible athlete. But I didn't know him like that. And I'm not a, like, I'm not, you know, I wasn't like, so I don't know. But God damn it, as a parent, it's one thing to die. But that man had to die knowing that his daughter was dying with him. <laughs> That's like dying again. That's like dying and dying and dying and dying. You know? It's one thing, like, you know, you got to go. I feel like, so this thing happened to me, right? Like a few months ago, I woke up. It's going to sound so weird no matter how I put it. But a few months ago, I woke up. It was just one more day like any other. I was in Denmark. And I woke up and as soon as I opened my eyes, I knew I was going to die. Like that it was the day. And it was a really calm feeling. I just knew, you know? It was like a a sheen over everything. Everything was shiny. 
And I got up, and the weather was beautiful. And I took a shower, I took Baba to school, I, you know, I kissed him a bunch, we listened to some really fun music, I came back home, I put all my stuff away, I made everything look really nice, I put all Baba's stuff away, made sure all my papers were in order, made sure that anything that is in my name was properly, you know, given over to my son, everything, everything. I just went through everything, made sure everything was the way it should be. And then I got back in the car to go pick Baba up, and I knew, and I almost thought it was funny, I knew when I got in the car and I was like, huh, so this is how I go. Picking my kid up from school. It's kind of wholesome considering how my life has been. (laughs) It wasn't off a Paris balcony on on ecstasy and what? (laughs) No? (laughs) So she was fucking on a balcony, she fell off? No? No? The Ritz? Paris? What? No? (laughs) Driving her kids to school. Driving, you know, to go pick up her kid. Oh, that's super fucking tame. And I had that thought, like I laughed to myself, like, ha you know, like, who knew, you know, I'd die with my boots on, without my boots on, you know, so to speak. And uh, I was laughing about it as I was driving. And admittedly, I was driving a little too fast. But it was like I couldn't help it. It was like I was hurtling, just smack dab towards the center of something, you know, I could feel it pulling on me. It was like the car was going at its velocity because it had to get to a certain point at a certain time. And I knew it. I knew it. I felt it. And like, I, no one will ever believe me. But please believe me when I tell you I was okay with it. My mind was clear. I was just like, yo, like that's the thing about Islam is like, you really got to put your money where your mouth is. You know what I mean? Because there's not a lot of crutches and there's not a lot to lean on. The Islam doesn't give you a lot of, um, there's no training wheels. You know what I'm saying? You got to either be about it or you not about it. And if you about it, then life and death are one thing. If you really about it, what does it matter? You're here, you're there. It doesn't matter. If anything, you're there is better because you're closer to God. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean anything. There is no, um, if you really about it, if you really, really, really a Muslim, then death is not something to fear. Death is just another part of life. It's like, okay, it's going to happen, so it's going to happen. Like, it happens for everybody, right? So, like, if it's going to happen for everybody, then what's the, you know, <laughs> if we all go in, let's go. Um, so I, I was really calm. I was really calm because although I've had my ups and downs in terms of behavior and presentation and um, some of perhaps questionable choices I've made, my faith has never wavered. I have never had a single moment in my life where I wasn't completely convinced and right up against the knowledge of the presence of God. I have my whole life felt like I am sitting right up against that throne. I can feel it. You can call it the ark. You can call it the living ark. You can call it God. You can call it Allah. You can call it whatever the tetragrammaton, whatever you like. That's what it's called in the Old Testament. 
Whatever that thing is. All my life, I feel like I have just been resting up against it, feeling the energy coming off of it. When I tell you that I believe, I almost feel bad saying that because I almost feel like I have proof. I know. I know it. In my bones, in my gut, it's much more real than this room I'm sitting in. Much more. Much more. This, to me, this world, I remember telling my mom when I was about four, I think, that it seemed like a curtain. And that I wondered what was behind this curtain, but I couldn't figure out exactly how to peel it back. Now, when I spoke to her about the Aaron Hernandez documentary, of course, the first thing she said was, my God, he was so beautiful. What a shame. We'll get into that. But she told me that they had talked my dad and her about, I don't know, a month or two ago, about how I had sustained several uh, very bad uh, injuries to my head as a child. And one of the ones they had never mentioned to me that she decided to now bring up the other day was that when I was about two weeks old, I fell out of my dad's hands onto the mattress right underneath. Um, So really nothing. And I was out, passed out like a light and didn't gain consciousness for like an hour. So as someone who has had, and you know if you've listened to the podcast before, that my mom slipped and fell on her stomach and there was no movement in her stomach when I when she was pregnant with me for again several hours. Uh, right when she was full when she was full term, and then I slipped and fell in the tub, <laughs> and cracked my head open, and was unconscious again for several hours when I was about five. So a couple of things. One, when you come to from a traumatic brain injury, which is, you know, concussions, um, you're not the same. And now after watching the Hernandez thing, I understand why. Because every time you hit your head really hard, a certain parts of your brain starts to decay. It's just damaged. And so, of course, you can't be who you used to be after that, no matter how much you'd want to be. Or maybe you never even get to see who you could have been because it happened so young. I don't know what I would have been like before my mom fell in her stomach. I don't know what I would have been like if they hadn't dropped me. I don't know what I would have been like if I hadn't slipped in the tub. There's a couple more instances I can throw in there, but what's the point? Anyway, (laughs) throughout all of that, and perhaps because of it, we'll never know. And perhaps of where I went when I was gone all those hours. I've just never not known. It's like I've seen it. Right? So there I am driving. And I can feel this pull on the car. Like the car really wants to go faster around these curves. 
And I'm just kind of laughing to myself like, wow. And then I had a thought. And it wasn't out of some desperation that I don't want to die. Not at all. It really just popped into my head out of nowhere. I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just listening to a door song. I was having a great time. And the thought was, the only way to get out of this, the only way I'll survive this, is if something more powerful than me gives us its place here for me, gives its life for mine. And if that were to happen today, then I'd probably end up living a very long time because I'm meant to die. In uh, Pakistani culture, there is a phrase that, there is a belief, let's say, that if you miss your appointed time, that you live to be very, very, very old. (laughs) Uh, Perhaps too old. So, this thought pops into my head quite randomly. And right then, to my right, I see the biggest eagle I've ever seen. Hawk. Like, bird of prey. And there are many in that area. So, I have seen a lot of them. A lot of them. But this one was so (laughs) big that it scared the life out of me. And it flies up. And, you know, again, I'm going really fast. It all happened so fast I didn't even have time to slow down. So I just glance over just a bit to the right. And right around where the blind spot would be, on, in that corner over there on the passenger side, I see this thing whooshing by. And then it's flying. It's keeping pace with me. And I can see it in the windshield. And this fucking thing is looking at me. I'm thinking to myself, bro, what? <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, hawks don't fly next to the cars. They sit in the trees. I've never seen, I've never seen a hawk behave like this, right? Gets crazier. So I'm just in awe of this thing. I'm looking at every detail. I'm trying to catch it, you know? Like not catch it, but like catch every detail. And all I for some reason it's funny what in 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 really important moments, the things that the human eye will focus on. For some reason, I kept focusing on its feet because the feet were so yellow, bright yellow, way more yellow than they look sitting in the trees. And the talons were, damn, (laughs) like really sharp. Like that thing was giant. So, It's flying next to the car, keeping pace with the car. I go around this curve a little bit, keeps pace. It looked in my eyes. It looked me in the eyes just for less than a millisecond. And then it did the most bizarre thing you can imagine. It just stopped flying. It just stopped and the car hit it so hard. The sound the car made and then 
the body, just kind of a cartwheeling over into the brush on the side of the road. And I I couldn't believe it. I was like, what the fuck? So now, here I am. Okay, getting in the car, going. Completely aware of what's going to happen. Like, okay, it's time. I'm good. I'm ready. It's all good. You know, beautiful child, beautiful revolution, beautiful relationships, you know, still in great shape physically. Like, come on with it. I'm good. Let's go. Um, get in the car, have this random thought, totally random, something more powerful than me would have to take, you know, my place. Right as I'm thinking it, Hawk shows up, drives next to the car, looks me in the eye, stops flying, gets hit by the car, dies. I keep going. Nothing happens to me. I'm still here. That's crazy, right? So, yeah. So, it's not the death part. It's that Kobe bought into the entire playbook that that everyone wants everyone else to live by. You know, it's that Virgo thing. Like, do your best, do your hardest, keep at it, unrelenting, never less, never less than perfect. And if you just don't give yourself the option, you will end up becoming this, you know perfect human this god on earth this this thing this paragon of you know dedication and hard work and a standard by which we can judge all other human beings for how much commitment they have or don't have so it fucks with you when someone who has embodied everything that we're all supposed to be doing right It fucks with you when that person, you put their life in context of their death and you realize that this man I mean, how many of those 41 years did he give up? That if he had known that he'd be gone by 41 that he that he wouldn't have. That's what's fucking with me. That's what's fucking with me. Like, how much of what we do do we do because we think that we got all the time in the world? When I woke up and I knew, that's one of the things I'm most proud of is that I didn't look around in a panic and go, oh no, I still wanted to do this and this and this. Nah, I did everything. I'm doing it now. I'm not waiting. Even this fight that I had, that's what it's about. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting until things become an issue. I don't like to wait. I like to address things and solve things and move forward. You know what I mean? That way you don't have regrets. I, and I've always said I never want to be that person that's laying somewhere dying thinking, fuck man, I should have done this and I should have done that and I should have done this. Like, that's the part that's really fucking with me. That also this man that he knew that he did it right. 
that he had to die his last moments when he was dying. He knew that his daughter was dying. Whether you're going to live 100 years or for the next five milliseconds, knowing that your child is dying, like, it feels like punishment, you know? So, where does that leave us? I don't know. I don't know. If you knew you were going to die tomorrow, would you Would you be in a panic? Would you have 10 million things that you wished you had said to someone or wished you had not said? Is there a list of 100 places that you really, really want to go see, but somehow in your gut you know you're never going to get there? Because honestly... If you keep it up the way it's going, you probably never will. And neither will I. It's one of the most embarrassing things in the world to me. That southern Spain is the most beautiful place on earth. And I've never felt at home anywhere else. And for some reason, I haven't made it back there since I was 15. Why? I want to go there more than I want to go anywhere. Why haven't I gone? Because we think we have time. (laughs) I've been telling myself since I was 15 that I have time. But we don't, do we? I mean, isn't that what the Jay-Z thing and the Trump thing and the Kobe thing, isn't that the Simpsons thing, isn't that what it all has in common? Time, we don't have any. You see why it's important to have astrology and seasons and religions. Because once you actually deal with the idea of not having time, you fall into a void space, not a pleasant one. There is alone and then there is terrifyingly meaningless and purposeless. They're two very different things. You can be born into a mystery and feel alone. That's okay. But what do our meaningless day-to-day actions mean? What, what, What are they for? If we have no time. If time is something that's being switched around all the time and, and, and we're being laughed at, joked about, joked at, mocked to our faces. That's not being alone. That's being without purpose, without meaning. It's like that moment when Neo figures out that the oracle is a machine. That it's the only real machine. And he doesn't know. He doesn't know if he can trust her now because, you know, you're telling me, you're telling, but you're also a machine. I can deal with the idea of there not being time. But the idea that there's a bunch of fat cats somewhere who can manipulate it however they want and use it as their private inside joke, which is all the Simpsons are. It's an inside joke on us, on humans. Come on, you know this. That I have a problem with.
So, in the context of there not being really any time, in the context of how limited our experiences here can be, even though there is no time. (laughs) The irony. There is a new need for meaning. There is a need to make sense of this. And I wish so much that I could. But the only thing that I can think is that CERN, however, whenever, whatever it is that they did, they created something that far, far into the future made it possible for us to have what we have now, which is a some sort of temporal rift That's what the Mandela effect has to be about. It's just different timelines. And that rift has made it possible for certain people, elements, ideologies to get through. I mean, I have this deep, really (laughs) dark uh, feeling that the Nazis, you know, figured this out way before we think they did. And so one ends up feeling very much like a pawn. And every now and then something really big and dramatic has to happen so we can all turn that way. And while we are all turned this way, what is going to happen to the left? Probably war. Maybe the coronavirus is way worse than we think it is. Maybe it is the plague that will kill half the world. Whatever the reason, it's very important for us all to be focusing here. So open your eyes. Not only is your time limited, but it's being fucked with. We're being mocked, like I said. And I think that the only way out, if there is any, is to become unpredictable. To the point where those algorithms can't figure out what you're going to do next. And then you can change time and you can change it in a way that can't be manipulated. It's like that story of like the thing that you have to fight, but it knows what you're going to do when you think it. So you have to fight with no thought because it's the only way to beat the machine. And I guess that's what my story was describing. 
I really miss being in a state of no thought. It really is the only place where I feel good. It's very difficult to be in a relationship for that reason because it pulls you into a place of excessive thought. And it's awful, it's terrible. So striving to not care, as cold as it sounds, not care enough to think about it and to move off of that instinct like I did that day when I knew the jig was up. To move with the flow of life even when it pushes you towards death, I suppose, is the dance and how gracefully we do that dance determines how people will remember us. I don't know if my heart hurts for Kobe, but I know my heart hurts for all the people who loved him as the symbol that he was. It's very touching, like when Biggie died and they drove him through the streets of Brooklyn. There is a chill I've gotten from that moment that I will never uh, be able to recreate. The pain of losing Biggie for Brooklyn was so intense. And I feel that in L.A. right now. I feel that L.A. is in the same way just, you know, L.A. is taking some really bad hits. Like, Nip was a huge hit. God rest his soul. And now this, it's a... And people from L.A. are so, uh, so sheltered in some ways, you know? It's not hard like New York can be. So I know they're taking it hard. Like, New Yorkers, man, half of us the day after 9-11, we were like, we're all right, it's good. We'll fix it. We'll clean it up. It's going to be all right. It's good. We're good. You know, we just, we can't have feelings here. (laughs) We're not allowed. But these people in L.A., they're just standing outside the Staples Center. Like, they don't know where else to go. They don't know where else to be. They don't want to sit in their homes. They don't want to talk to nobody. They're not even talking to each other. They just stand in there. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. You know, the whole city's all lit up with this picture everywhere. That's a beautiful thing. Like, to love someone not for the... For the celebrity of it. Not for the... Just for the for the game, you know, for the way he made you feel, what he played. I get that. I get that. To the point where it didn't even matter if he was playing anymore or not. It's not even about that. It's rare, you know, that you see even the the TV people covering the... It's rare when you can see them, like, be in pain because it's just a fucking job for them. But, yeah, she's just standing out there with all the people, and they just... <laughs> these people are so funny. I'm watching C- CBS Los Angeles. 
it's like people feel like like a bomb went off, you know. They just stunned. And I think that's a part of it, even though I don't think anyone will be able to verbalize that for a while. But I think that's a part of it, is that he did everything right. Like, damn. (laughs) Like, I'm never going to be able to do, you know, a hundredth of what Kobe did. In such a short time. And if he could go out like that. Just like that? Just like that? Now what about me? <laughs> Couldn't I go out just like that? Yeah, you can. Just like I almost did. You know, until that nice bit of Egyptian energy saved me. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can. And you just gotta know that you got. I think that's why. Again, I think that's why I, I I can be the way I be. Like I'm gonna say what's on my mind, and I'm gonna tell you what's going on because like there's no time to waste. You know, and maybe that's all the Aries in my chart, but there's just no time to waste. There's no time to waste when it comes to telling people how you feel or what's going on. Cause damn. My favorite relative was my uncle. I think I've told you this story. Um, he passed away very suddenly. He wasn't sick. Nothing was wrong with him. Everything was perfect. I had just seen him a couple of weeks earlier. He was my closest relative. And he had a heart attack. He fell in his kitchen and he died. And like I've told you, the time, the last time I saw him, we were wrestling outside the house. Just like joking around. And like I can be, as I was just saying, I just really like to say how I feel, you know. A lot of times people think it's extra, you know. But I just can't be any other way, so it doesn't matter. I can't help it. (laughs) And I told them, I was like, you know... You're my favorite person. I love you more than anyone else. You know that, right? He was like, yeah, of course I know that. And I think that's the only thing that made it okay that he died. You know, I said that this last thing. That's what I mean. Like, there's no time. There's no time to waste. There is no time. I think the only way out is just to be as completely real and authentic, whatever it is. It's just like, say it. To whomever, whatever, whatever it is, you know? Because, like, how different would you be? How different would Kobe have been if he knew it was all going to be over at 41? Would he have even played? Would he have retired? Would he have just had, like, 20 kids? I don't know. And yet, he should have known, and we all know, because it's the only thing we're told. It's the only thing we're really promised. the only thing that we know for fucking sure is that we're all going to fucking die. And yet, we make these decisions, and we do these things. 
as if it's never gonna happen and that's why i think we take it so hard when it happens to somebody like this because like damn Damn. <laughs> so yeah. You know, it's it's one of the things that I was so proud of Nip for. It's like when you see how he treated his girl. It's like he he really understood the concept of like every day every day you got to do it like it might be the last time you do it. You know, every time you look at her, like, you might not get to see her again. Every time you talk to her, you might not. Like, he has so much respect and so much value for even her looking at him, you know? Like, even that meant a lot to him. And look at the legacy that leaves behind when you do when you do things right. You leave behind a really strong team, you know. I felt that when I was in that car. I was like, nah, the revolution will be fine. They'll take care of each other. Yeah, what a day. Mars and Venus have been at it all day. All day. Like fucking animals. And I can't help but wonder, is it Venus's revenge? Is it karma? Is it the sacred feminine saying enough? Everyone has things to pay for. I don't know. But now I'm going to make you laugh because that was a lot of crying and a lot of whatever. And I'm ending this in 15 minutes. And I swear to God, I'm watching The Outsider because Jason Bateman is life. Even though I don't think he's in it anymore. Whatever. It doesn't matter. He's directing it. And I'm going straight to bed. So now I'm going to make you laugh for about 15 minutes. Are you ready? Drink something. Wipe your eyes. Get yourself together. Fam. And I'm fine. Don't get stuck on like, oh my God, what if something happened to Umber? Nothing happened to Umber. Umber's fine. Don't worry. Alhamdulillah, everything's good. Okay, so let's talk about Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> bro, 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 bro. <laughs> Wait, pause it and go watch it if you haven't seen it. Just watch the first episode, please. Just watch it and then come back. I'll wait. Everybody else, let's smoke something while they go watch it. Okay, good, you're back. So, now you're on the same page with all the rest of us who have been hooting and hollering. Um, So, (laughs) Mr. Hernandez. um, So, um, if you're thinking like, oh, she's weird, she's attracted to someone who's murdered. No, 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 he didn't have an amygdala. No, no. You cannot absolutely, absolutely cannot be held accountable 
for any violent behavior if you are literally missing the physical part of your brain that tells you not to do those things and regulates your violence and emotions and fear. No, you cannot. No, you can't. You can't tell me that that November 6th Scorpio, you you thought I was going to forget that part? Did you honestly think that I wasn't going to bring that shit up? I took one look at that motherfucker with the tattoos and I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. I was like, Carolina, when was he born? She goes, November 6th. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So you telling me that this fine as fuck, like, hey, yo. Like, hey, yo. This dude has been getting in the, hit in the head since he was 12, right? Mm-hmm. The doctor says that he has more damage to his brain than an 80-year-old dying of, like, Alzheimer's or some shit. The most damaged brain from CTE that she's ever seen in her entire career. And she's looked at a lot of these. Literally, a hole through his amygdala, hippocampal atrophy. The dude didn't have a central regulation system. That's why he could play the way he played. Because some of the moves he makes, if you watch his highlights, which I suggest you do. If you watch his highlights, you can see that the way he's moving, he's moving that way because he doesn't give a fuck. He's not scared. That's why he was such a fucking superstar on the field because he's playing a whole different game than everybody else out there. They have mental, they have like actual neural apertures. They have pieces in their brain that are telling them, don't run like that. Don't run that fast. Don't cut over that fast. Don't hit that guy head on like that. He don't have it. He don't have it. He's been getting in the, hit in the head since 12. That part of his brain has melted away. It literally atrophied. It wasn't getting any blood. It's gone. The center of his brain is gone. The little almond part of your brain that keeps you from killing people and telling you this is right, this is wrong, gone. So now you're just watching a, a, a genetic wonder who has no, who physically is incapable of having any fear. What do you want me to do, Netflix? What do you want me to do, all the people who are right now judging me? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? You you want me to lie to you and say that I'm not completely in awe of a 6'4", 260-pound motherfucker who has no fear? No, no, no. But he's a nice guy. He doesn't even know that he doesn't have any fear. He's literally just keeping himself so smoked out, smoked up on weed all day, all night, all the time, because he has no regulation system. It's the only way he can keep himself, himself calm. Right? You telling me <laughs> that I'm fucked up for thinking that's attractive. <laughs> hey, I didn't do that to him. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Have you seen it? Go back and watch. Okay, now go back and watch part three. We'll wait. <laughs> because Carolina likes him when they show him when he was in, when he, when he first got into the NFL. Because he didn't have, when he first went to college, no, because he didn't have any tattoos. He was like, you know, just a good kid, blah, 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 that's her thing. And then by part three, he's covered in tats because he's been, you know, he's been at Florida. He's been a gator. So he got all those tattoos down there. And then he goes to prison. He goes to prison for life. So he gets a lifetime tattoo on his neck that you could see sticking out of the suit when he's sitting in court. <laughs> 
So now, what all of you who are judging me, would you like me to do with those facts? He's a November 6th Scorpio covered in tats. This is literally a neck tat showing out of the side of his fucking suit. He has no fear, no way to regulate his emotions. And yet he's kind and a nice guy. And loves his daughter and starts crying. I mean... I'm literally just being a very straight woman right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. The the gay women are allowed to judge me on this because I am being so fucking hetero. This is like, this Aaron, Aaron Hernandez thing is super fucking hetero. I, get, I, I admit it. But damn. What? what? And also, why didn't they just give him an MRI during the first trial? Why didn't they do some mapping of his brain, right? Why didn't they get him into a CAT scan so they could see what was going on and they would have just seen that the middle of his brain was missing and that would have been that. They already knew what CTE was. He had been playing forever. You know, he had many, many, many concussions. So why didn't they just do that? And then they could have just taken the CAT scan to the judge and to the jury and to whoever else and said, okay, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but look at his brain. He don't know the difference. And like, this is not like having like a mental illness. You know what I'm saying? People always be like, oh, well, maybe he was crazy and maybe he wasn't crazy. How can you prove? And ah, 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 and okay. And talk to the psychiatrist. This is not that. This is just a simple CAT scan. You just look at the fucking picture. Motherfucker don't have an amygdala. That's it. Up, open, shut case. Why are you sending him to jail when you should be studying him? I'm saying, why are you sending him to jail when you should have him really like jacked up on weed and CBD and, you know, all the things and mushrooms, things that we know will, will start to grow some neuronal connections again. Why, why not that? Why did an NFL player not have a lawyer who thought of that? <clears throat> It's really disturbing. Again, considering that we knew by the time his case was up, the first time, when he was only 23, we already knew what CTE was. We were very well informed. No one brought that up. No one, no one thought that actual hard evidence would be compelling. No, I think it was a way to grab a minority kid by the neck in a predominantly white setting where he was a real fucking superstar and he did something real fucked up or he was around people who did something real fucked up and they and they had him they had enough they had him enough that they could ruin him and you're like nah that's not what happened no that's a conspiracy no listen i i wasn't really thinking it until the last part and in the last part when they know they're gonna lose they start leaking the stuff that they think he's gay so y'all just been out for him. Really, it wasn't about the murders or this and that because that just showed the pettiness of it. It wasn't about what he did or didn't do because like I'm saying, it would have been really easy to prove that he he's not capable of understanding what he's doing. Even if he did it, he's not capable. That's why they couldn't p- find one fucked up photo of him to use for the Netflix documentary because he didn't look fucked up. Everyone you talk to, they start the documentary with, he was very kind. He was very kind to everyone all the time. He was always very kind. You see what I'm saying? 
So you you can't get him on that second trial and it's fucking with you so bad how it makes you look that you decide to fucking float it in the media and in court and you get in trouble from the judge for somehow start trying to say that this is all linked to him being gay, which has nothing to do here or there. It doesn't even matter. That's when I realized like, nah, they just had it out for this kid. Because because they should have been ordering those scans. Because there should have been other protocol followed here. Because the Patriots should have been backing him. But they didn't. It's like he was too big and too strong and too good and too much of a superstar to slip any way, anywhere, ever. Because no one wants to see a motherfucker win. I told my mom about it and my mom looks at me and she goes, they just didn't like him. He's a, he's a brown kid. He's a kid of color. You know, and he wasn't playing by Patriot rules. He wasn't playing by any of that New England shit. He was doing his own shit. He was on his own fly shit. You know, and they tolerated it because he got them the wins over and over and over again. They fucking, you know, won off his back a couple of times, more than a couple of times. But the second it looked like that, you know, the, the flashy superstar might be in trouble. Everybody bounced. Because they knew. They knew what was coming from. As a person of color, you're allowed to be extraordinary, but please don't flaunt it, yeah? And he didn't have the mechanism necessary to understand that he should be scared. He just out here fucking, like, you know, wildin'. And they didn't like it. Just like that cop. That shot Mike Brown. All Mike Brown was doing was walking in the middle of the road, being a big ass dude, young with the attitude. That's all Mike Brown did wrong. And that motherfucker hated it so bad that he shot that baby in the street and left his body to rot in the fucking sun for four hours without fucking covering it up. So his family, his whole neighborhood, everybody had to watch him fucking burning up dead. In the road, like a dog, on purpose, he did that. That cop, because he didn't like that Mike was a big guy, was walking in his neighborhood, in the street, didn't want to get out of the street when the cop told him to. You know, you could be this or that, whatever, but don't flaunt it. Don't throw it in their faces. You see what I'm getting at? That that right there, that's the shit that I figured out about that Aaron Hernandez. That's what I, that's what finally at the end I was like, ah, got you, got you. Hmm, something to think about. More in a little bit. I'm tired. I think I'll watch that documentary and go to sleep. <laughs> Joking. I'm going to watch Outsider. I love you guys. Um, sorry about the delay with everything. It's been a, it's been a hard week, but <laughs> it's Monday tomorrow, right? <laughs> It'll be all right. We're going to be all right. Jamaica in two weeks, bitch. We all right. It's your girl, DJ Narc. <laughs> I love you. <laughs>